Lord, we thank you this morning that you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Through the cold, Father, we've come. And we thank you for your presence in this service and your presence in our hearts right now. Father, we thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness to us. For being there for us as you've promised. Always. Always. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to worship, yeah? Chip, we do thank you for uh, your months of service here to uh, lead us in worship and praise team for getting us through this gap. Y'all have been fantastic. And... Uh, Next Sunday is Adam Hare Sunday, okay? Next Sunday, Adam, our new worship leader, will be joining us. We're excited about that. And though his name is spelled Heary, H-E-A-R-E, let's get his pronunciation of his name right. It's Hare, Adam Hare, okay? So uh, we'll try to work on his spelling once he gets here, but... Uh, but, but that's actually his name, Adam Hare. He'll, he'll be with us this next week. And of course, as you know, Sunday to Sunday, we take communion in this place. We try to keep in touch with the ancient roots in our heritage as believers. And to live that out uh, in this very contemporary way in our own worlds, right here where we are. Um, and so we take communion Sunday by Sunday. Jeff's going to be preaching this morning on therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So raise your hand for me this morning if you're in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus and you're walking out of here with guilt or shame, somebody has ripped you off. That's what that means. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But sometimes, especially in our modern context, we're not so much aware of our, our shame and our guilt uh, as we used to be. Um, and, and sometimes if we're going to really appreciate what Jesus has done for us, the freedom that he's given us, we have to recognize that shame and guilt was due us. Um, but he's pardoned us, thank God. In the 1830s, one of the greatest chief justices of our Supreme Court in the United States was a guy, this guy actually, his name was John Marshall. I only know that by reputation. But, but I heard that he actually gave a decision in the 1830s that was pretty controversial. It was about this guy named George Wilson. Are you familiar with this? George Wilson was a guy who had uh, um, committed robbery of the United States mail. And having been convicted of that, that was a capital offense. Most people don't realize that, but he was, he was scheduled to die. And then Andrew Jackson, President Andrew Jackson at the time, actually pardoned George Wilson. He pardoned him. And so the, the writ of the pardon came to George Wilson in prison, and he was handed the, uh, the pardon, and he rejected it and gave it back to his jailer. Well, now what do you do? The warden didn't know what to do, so it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And this justice, Chief Justice John Hall, had an opinion, and it was this. A pardon is a slip of paper, he said, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. Let me read that again. A pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined 
by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged. And he was. Now, I don't know what kind of fool George Wilson was, right? But, but if a pardon isn't a pardon until we accept it, that seems to suggest that even though we are pardoned, we might miss it, right? And, and I wonder who of us are the most likely to miss that pardon. Is it those of us that are actually burdened with guilt and shame and realize that we need it? Or is it maybe some of us that don't really think that applies to us? I heard an old story of a pastor in one of the downtown churches in London that this church had three different missionary churches out and around the city uh, and reached out to people in, in slum neighborhoods and places like that, that the downtown highfalutin high church church was not uh, drawing or, or, or people felt comfortable to come. But every New Year's Sunday, they would all gather and uh, from the missionary churches and the downtown church. And this pastor happened to notice that on one of those occasions, as the people came to the altar for communion, that a judge knelt at the altar by a former convict that he himself had sentenced to seven years in prison. And at the same altar, the judge and the convict desperately partook of grace. The pastor was walking home that day, and on the way home in the city, he, he happened to catch up with the judge. And as they were walking, he said, I, I guess you noticed who it was, because he didn't seem to be affected whatsoever. I guess you noticed who it was who was taking communion by you this morning. And the guy said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we, we, we know of each other. We're, we're, we're brothers in the Lord now. And as they walked a little further, the judge said, you know, God's grace is amazing. And the pastor says, yes, surely you refer to the convict that's been forgiven of his, of his crimes and now stands before God as justified as you. And the judge says, no, I was actually thinking of me. I, I grew up in a good home and was taught that my word was my bond. I earned my degrees at Oxford and became a lawyer and then a judge and now sit on the Supreme Court. How amazing is it that grace pursued me and all of my self-righteousness to help me understand how desperately I need to be made right with a God who's holy. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to our father and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you do this as often as you partake of it in remembrance of me and likewise after supper Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to you our father and he gave it to his disciples and he said take and drink from this all of you for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and so, Lord God, in remembrance of you, we do these things. We ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of juice and bread. And that by partaking of it, Lord Jesus, you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, your people. Forgive us of our sins, Lord Jesus. Make us right 
with you, our holy God, through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us walk in the freedom that in Christ there is no condemnation. That we are restored to you, reconciled to you. Help us, Lord God, to receive that gift afresh this morning as we come confessing to you sins that may be as fresh as even just a few moments ago. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. Make us right with our Heavenly Father who loves us more than we can imagine. We ask these things in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before you this morning are three stations, one for each section. We invite you to this table of grace this morning. Jesus Christ is our host. He's the one that makes it possible. It's from the cross of Calvary that this grace flows. We invite you to partake of it. Drink deeply of all that it means. Okay. Welcome to the table. Amazing grace, how sweet.